Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Hasmuk Ranjan. Hasmuk is the Chief Information Officer of AMD, a $5.6 billion revenue company in the semiconductor industry. He's held that role for a little over a year and came into it by virtue of AMD's acquisition of Xilinx, where he had been the Chief Information Officer. That was the largest acquisition in semiconductor industry history. Hasmuk takes pride in the fact that he's both customer zero for AMD and an advocate for the company on behalf of the company's customers, many of whom are fellow chief information officers. I look forward to learning more about his perspectives in these areas, as well as to understand more about the future of the semiconductor industry from somebody who has had so much experience in it. Hasmuk, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. Nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me to this uh, podcast. It's a it's a, a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Well, Hasmuk, you, you are the Chief Information Officer of AMD and have been for a bit more than a year now. I wonder if you could take a moment and describe AMD's business, one that's been changing quite a bit and growing quite a bit through acquisition, among other ways. Uh, take, take a moment and describe that if you would. Of course. Uh, you, know, you know, AMD had its journey for the last uh, 30 years into 30 years plus, actually, in this area of uh, a computation. So primarily, we have, we are into four businesses. Right? So first one, which people are very familiar with, is processes for servers and data center. So that's one part of business uh, that we have. The second part is uh, around the client business, which is uh, what we do for all the laptops or client devices that you can think of. The third part of business is all around uh, graphics. So we are into uh, many of uh, the leading products that uh, that are there for PlayStations and others so that uh, we are providing the compute into that one. And then finally, embedded business, uh, including AI products. So, so that is the fourth business that we have. So these are the four businesses. I think we are leaders. We have turned around the, this uh, entire market in many ways in terms of technology leadership, in terms of innovation leadership, as well as uh, revenue and other leadership as well. So, so from that perspective, uh, uh, this company is uh, at, at a core providing the computation technology for next generation and for years to come. And talk a bit about your role as Chief Information Officer, if you would, Hasmuk. What's within your purview, please? So as, as I described the company, right? So there are few jobs that I have inside AMD. So as, as a company, we make a lot of products which are IT products. And I lead the IT organization here at uh, at AMD, and uh, that means that provide a very efficient infrastructure for the entire employee set worldwide. It also means that we provide the business efficiency for all the major processes and minor processes that we have. We do it in a very secure way. But not only that, but we also expand our role in being customer zero for our products. We take our relationships with our industry partners and make sure that our peers and customers in my similar role in different companies, they are as successful as I am inside serving our employee base uh, uh, inside AMD and as they do for their own company. I'd love to double click on a few things you mentioned there, uh, Hasmuk. So interesting. I, I like this concept of customer zero. Talk a bit about the way in which you and your team engage uh, from that perspective. As you highlight, in many ways, you run an organization that is a peer to many of your customers' organizations as well. And so it makes sense that you would be you know, the first uh, the first to interact with a lot of the products that your own company is building. Uh, talk a bit about how you think about organizing that Customer Zero program, please. Yeah, so I'll give you a few examples. And we internally call it AMD on AMD initiative. So a few examples I'll give you, right? So so we have, this is a primarily an engineering company. So we have a majority of our employee base are engineers. 
and we do chip design leveraging our own own platform. So we know exactly how to run the entire application set that is needed for chip design in a very, very efficient way. And so whenever a new product comes out, we make sure that we are tuning those products and giving the feedback to our engineering teams that, hey, this is what we see when we run it with the applications that we care about inside the AMD. And then we try to make that as efficient as possible. Those interactions happen at a very early stage. So that's in the server part, data center part of it, right? Similarly, in the client side of it, which is laptops and all. So if there are new products that are coming out, we'll first deploy it inside, get some feedback, give some feedback back to the engineering team so that they can incorporate them into their product sets and all. And finally, we, we expand on this one. And it, at times, I invite our product leadership to my fellow CIOs and they talk to them and try to understand their requirements. So that is also part of our product roadmap in near term or long term. So, so this is how my role as a customer zero or a leader of customer zero expands inside the company. And talk a bit about the translation. You also mentioned, of course, that uh, your peers are, are customers uh, and in similar roles. Talk yeah. a bit about the role that you can play as an advocate, though not a salesy advocate to those, uh, but as, as, a, as a peer who might be able to lend some perspectives on AMD's offering and its future. Absolutely. I run an IG organization that supports about 34,000 employees and contractors worldwide. There are many peers of mine who have similar charter. What we try to do is when we connect, when we meet, is what are the common challenges that we all face? Because the enterprises in general, uh, if you look, even in enterprises, if you carve out semiconductor vertical, some of the challenges are very common. So how do we partner with uh, each other to make sure that our products are addressing to those requirements? I I think that becomes a a very key part of these conversations. And, And at times when they need access to high-end engineering teams or senior engineering teams, I facilitate that as well. So, so that there is a, this another layer to connect with our customer base uh, in across different enterprises. And as somebody who has been a CIO for many years and uh, one who has been a CIO within technology-centric organizations, you did such a nice job of describing its application in an environment like uh, AMD. Uh, you also have been through uh, rather significant mergers and acquisitions across your career, none, none more significant than, than a recent one, which I'd love to have you kind of weigh in on and, and uh, its impact on AMD. But talk a bit about your role as CIO uh, through M&A as well, if you would. Of course. Previous company that I worked for for a long time, uh, uh, Synopsys, uh, it was a training ground for, for me for many aspects. And one of them was uh, uh, merger and acquisition. Synopsis uh, grew from that aspect quite a bit, and, uh, and I won't go into the specific numbers, but you should assume uh, 50 plus in my 23 years uh, of a stay at uh, Synopsis. And so it provided a lot of training ground in terms of how do we operationalize an MA activity from IT perspective. Leveraging that and walking into this environment when AMD announced uh, acquisition for Xilinx, uh, I never knew that all those uh, hard work that I had done in my prior company will come in and become that useful. And uh, so those learnings were put to good test here in terms of uh, executing on uh, this entire merger and assimilation of two of the uh, large environments to make sure that we continue to provide a good and a scalable infrastructure of, of our growing needs of our every employee and particularly engineering community. So that has been a very good journey for we are into 14th month now after the close. And the majority of the IT functions are 
uh, are in place and we have some things that are left and we are working to clean that up as well. It's not often that the uh, chief information officer of the acquired entity becomes the chief information officer of the uh, the newly combined entity. And I, I, I wonder if you can reflect upon that as well. It's, a, it's a, an accomplishment of sorts, certainly. And uh, you know, talk a little bit about uh, your own sort of getting to know uh, the acquirer in this case as, as now a new leader of the combined entity. Yeah, actually, to start with, I have to tell you that that is a, that has been a privilege and an honor when the AMD leadership considered me to take this role. And uh, and I my only worry is that I live up to the expectations they have for me, right? So so you start from there and say, okay, that is the trust that uh, the management team has put in me to make sure that I lead the IT uh, setup to the next uh, generation uh, in a way that it scales with the growing needs and aspirations of the company. I think from that perspective, it's a very honorable job. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, that uh, being an IT leader in an IT company, that brings its own set of challenges and opportunities. And I'm trying to make sure that we redefine the role of IT in this uh, organization. I think my effort, my challenges, my energy is in this area of how do we make IT organization as an equitable partner as compared to any other organization within the company. And, and we are on the path to to establish ourselves that way. And you mentioned earlier uh, area of focus being artificial intelligence products uh, for the organization, generally speaking. I'd, I'd be curious in your own sort of perspectives. It really seems like, especially in recent months, the conversation around AI, especially generative AI with progress uh, being made there and the enormous splash that uh, OpenAI's ChatGPT product has made in the marketplace. I'm curious about your own thought process on the evolution of artificial intelligence and ways in which AMD is is taking advantage of them. Yeah, we are taking advantage of AI in two ways, right? One is at the very outset, I'll tell you that AI is here and everybody recognizes that. And AI is here to make an impactful change to the world, both on an individual basis or an enterprise basis, right? We are in the business of changing AI first, right? So we are creating products that would change how AI applications are run more efficiently than they are being run today. So, so that is one part of the charter that company has is to establish and be at the heart of AI revolution and make sure that the companies who are building those applications, they leverage our platform. So that's at a high level as a company objective. The next layer is how do we leverage AI for our own operations? Right? And that is where my focus is, primary focus is, where how can you take the AI and make sure that our engineering community gets benefit of it? What kind of data strategy you build around that one? What applications that are there? Who are the vendors you partner with? So that the coding and entire everything in that area uh, becomes much more uh, much more productive than where it is right now. So that's at the engineering level. Then in non-engineering, then you look into a different area, right? You look into sales and marketing. There are a lot of work that's going on. We are investing a lot in that area. We have a big supply chain group. How can you improve supply chain in uh, operations, uh, leveraging the data and access to data plus ap applying uh, different algorithms on top of it? And then you go deeper where engineering infrastructure as well as in other areas of security, HR, finance. So every area we can harvest our data sets by applying different AI algorithms to get some desired result and some insights which we don't have today. And we have a very focused energy in this area to how do we leverage 
AI for our own internal operations. And, and uh, we, we are in the earliest stages, uh, but we'll continue to make a lot of progress in this uh, from this uh, aspect of improving operational efficiency for the company. Very interesting to hear more about that, Hasmuk. Thank you. Um, I wonder also now as a leader of the broader organization for a bit more than a year and continuing to grow, how do you think about the talent equation uh, at a time um, where certainly perhaps the war for talent isn't quite as, as fierce as it was, you know, say a year ago or 18 months ago, but nevertheless still surprisingly uh, uh, it continues to rage despite some uncertainty, economically speaking. How do you think about uh, continuing to kind of grow your team and its skills for the future? Yeah, I think we look at it uh, from two IT organizations merge, right? And we have talented people across both companies. We, we have uh, kind of normalized our environment today in terms of what we need and what the organization looks like. So that part is largely done. What we are looking for is uh, for future, right? And you plan up for it in two ways. One is uh, by going and getting some uh, right skills from outside and making sure that you supplement your team in a way that makes sense and uh, puts, us, uh, puts us up for future. But this other more important part that I strongly and firmly believe in is investing for longer term, where you have a very robust internship program, you hire fresh graduates, you train them in areas that you need, and they in turn become a, a very long-term uh, supplement for your entire organization. And uh, even in my previous company, we, we had done that and, uh, and it has been very, very successful. So we are looking at First part was normalizing the two organizations. Second part is in getting some talent and resources from outside to fill different gaps. And the third part is investing for long-term by investing in internship program, as well as in the fresh college grad hires as well. You sit uh, and have for some time in an industry that is really central to the tech landscape. Uh, Silicon Valley, obviously, in many ways, that just even the term, in fact, evokes uh, the industry that you're in. And I wonder, you know, if you, how you reflect upon changes in the industry leading to changes in the uh, ch changes in the broader technology landscape. This is such a fundamental element that impacts global economics. There are geopolitical uh, attributes, uh, uh, you know, that, that that come into question when one contemplates the semiconductor industry as well. Talk about your own thought process about its evolution, if you wouldn't mind. I think uh, the world has been global for for the time we have built our career, right? It has been going through different phases of globalization. When I was much younger in college, we used to be asked to talk about globalization, right? And uh, what is our reviews and, and all those things. The world has harvested the benefit of globalization in many ways, right? Now for past four or five years, the trends are reversing, right? In different geographies, you see different regulations that are coming up. And uh, people are trying to adjust, businesses are trying to adjust to the new world order. And, uh, and there is a thought that uh, we are in some ways reversing the globalization uh, that was part of the past three or four decades, right? But the businesses adjust, right? Laws of economics, in my view, always apply and businesses will adjust and uh, comply with uh, whatever the new world order comes across. And uh, we all will uh, be part of uh, that uh, technology, right? or that technology stack. Now, the few things will not change, regardless of how the world uh, shifts, is there will always be a path to greater efficiency. And from that perspective also, the laws of economics apply. And to make the world more efficient, technology like AI will be applied in every part of what we do. Already, 
everything that we do is so dependent on semiconductor, right? From every vertical. We, there have been a lot, lot of talks about it, so I will not repeat. So, so that was one wave, that was one phase that has brought us to a point where every appliance to everything that we do generates a lot of data. The next phase we are in is how do we harvest all the data that is getting created to have better insight, to make better decision and make ourselves more productive. Nobody can change that part of the equation because that is a fundamental law of economics that there will be growth and there will be always an inclination to move towards greater efficiency. There might be some slowdown, there might be some disruptions, but in general, that path will always follow. And that, that's my own personal belief. Uh, and companies who are building products, innovative products, and, and anticipating the change in the world and requirements of the future, I think they will continue to thrive. Uh, that's, that's my view on, on this topic. Hasmuk, I, I know that uh, AMD has been very involved in uh, sustainability, uh, a, a topic that, uh, that is near and dear to the organization's plans and to your heart. I wonder if you could take a moment to describe some of those initiatives and how they translate into what you envision for the future of the organization. You know, this goes to the things that we have talked about. It is, uh, it is at the heart of what we are trying to do as a, uh, in the world by changing and having a heavy reliance on semiconductor. What, what is leading it to, what is happening is for everything that we do, there is some computation that is required. Anything that people talk to Siri, people talk to any applications, anything on the edge device, it all translates into some massive amount of data and then data management and then computation behind it. It is translating into almost infinite demand of for computation. Behind that computation is what we need. And in IT especially, it becomes a big challenge is how do we manage our data centers, right? 20 years back, uh, data center efficiency was not on top of mind for people uh, in, this, in the sense that uh, no, we would not even care about uh, uh, how efficiently we were running uh, uh, different uh, servers or different power equipments and all. As world has started seeing this problem, uh, I think they have started to address this in a way that makes a lot of sense to them. You have to analyze the problem in multiple aspects. So first part is everything that you run in data center, is it running as efficiently as you can? And there's a term in the IT or in the data center management called PUE, power utilization efficiency or something like that. What it measures is how efficiently you are running your data center. In 2000, early 2000, it was in a factor of three, meaning we were wasting power by almost three X. Today, it is about 1.2 to 1.4 range. That's the most advanced data center. And some of them claim to be running at less than 1.1, which is a highly efficient uh, data center. So that's one aspect of a uh, power and sustainability effort that people invest a lot of time and energy in. The second part is, what is it you are running? What processes are you running? Are you running the most efficient processes that is available in marketplace? And, and we do in IT of fleet management, but more importantly, as a company, we have this goal of 30 by 25, meaning by year 2025, we want to be 30x power efficient than we were. I think it was started in 2020, this initiative started, right? So in five years, this was the goal. We are well into achieving that goal and we probably will beat that by 2025. So what it translates into for, for a user is, how am I managing my data center goal? Do I need to still buy the same amount of power or do I need to still use same amount of power to make sure that we provide a good capacity to our 
engineering community or other users in our organization. So, so that is a big effort. Then the third part of it is sustainability, sustainability effort is how are you leveraging the infrastructure you have? So you have a good data center, you have good processors, are you using it to its best ability? And there's a lot of work that's going on in this area. And uh, we have improved as an industry in terms of leveraging our infrastructure in a big way. And in AMD, we have a lot of efforts in this area, making sure that everything that we run, we are, we are using it to its maximum capacity. So in sustainability, everybody is trying to address uh, this from their own perspective, but these are the big anchor points in data center sustainability. And we are heavily invested in this area to make sure that we not only make an impact for our company, but creating products that make an impact for, for the world. Right? And uh, so that's how I would position our sustainability of efforts uh, for AMD. More generally speaking, Hasmuk, as, as you look to the future, what are some trends that particularly excite you? What are some things that are making their way onto your roadmap? Uh, I think... Uh, the, the biggest one uh, right now is uh, this entire AI. And, and it's not only me. Right? And we meet with fellow CIOs, we meet all the time. And I think there is a general realization that uh, all the buzz around AI was there for past three to five years. But now there, there is a big realization that it is here to stay. Companies and are going to leverage this in many ways that we don't even know today. But this is going to be a story for the next uh, 10 years, and it will apply to everything that we do inside IT, every, every aspect of our work, and every aspect of uh, lifestyle as well. So we will see more and more of this one, and I, I'm pretty, pretty excited about it because I see uh, that there are tremendous opportunities for us as a company and, and me in particular uh, leading an IT organization. As earlier noted, Hasmuk, you've been a chief information officer multiple times over across multiple decades now as well. And I wonder if, as you reflect upon your journey as a chief information officer and executive, more generally speaking, what have been some of the secrets to your own success? What have been the difference makers for you on your pathway up to your exalted roles now across multiple uh, consequential organizations? Yes, uh, I do reflect upon that at times. And uh, first thing is I've been very fortunate. Uh, there are many, many talented people around and I learn from them. But fundamentally, there are two things, especially in the areas that I, uh, that I have worked in, which is primarily IT. You know, a lot of us uh, get into IT and be very busy and enamored by technology of IT, which is very good. And uh, some people are very, very good at it. Then there's an aspect of business of IT that kind of uh, people underscore. So to have that part, I think, uh, and, and I've worked on that uh, for quite some time. And what I mean by business of IT is, once you have a technology platform that, okay, you understand what is needed and what expected, there are three things in my mind uh, that are that have been very, very useful. First is, you know, how do you align with your business community, with your leadership team, and you have a relationship where you understand where the company is headed and you align your priorities with the business. So, so that is a very, very important part of it. The second is you understand money, you understand the dollars and make a sense out of it that how do you drive, always have this quest of driving better financial efficiency. And the third is how do you package everything that you do and communicate in a way that is very effective in a, in a language, which is not IT, but which is business, to the leadership and across other companies as well. So in my mind, those three things 
supplemented by the knowledge of your technology platform has helped me be where I am today. Uh, that's a very interesting reflection. So I appreciate you offering those. Well, Hazmuka Ranjan, thank you so much for making time for me today, for sharing a bit about your career arc and journey, uh, your fascinating entry into AMD and some of what you see and uh, coming uh, for all of us ahead as a result of the innovations that you and your team are helping foster. It's been a great conversation. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Peter. Great to talk to you.